Good morning. It's really great to have you with us as we celebrate All Saints Day together. Today, during our service, Phil will be reading for us, Rob will be leading us in prayer, and I will be helping us to understand the scripture readings a little better. As we begin our worship, let me pray the special prayer of the church for today, the collect for All Saints Day. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Grant us the grace to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to that incredible joy that you have prepared for those who truly love you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So let's join in worship together.
A reading from John chapter 11, verses 32 to 44. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad order, for he's been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our great Redeemer. Amen. I was reading recently that Sir Winston Churchill, that great political giant, meticulously planned every detail of his funeral. He worked with the staff at St Paul's Cathedral in London on a project that he called Project Hope Not. One aspect of the service seemed to me to be particularly inspired. There was a moment when a lone bugler stood up to play the tune of the last post. And as the notes billowed through the cathedral, you can easily imagine that many tears were spilt. Then there was a long period of silence. And suddenly, another bugler rose up, this time in the East End, to play the tune of Ravalli. That joyful wake-up call for the soldiers that bid them get on with the day and its tasks with hope and in faith. And it seems to me that Sir Winston, always a great character, even in death, had two points that he wanted to try and make. First of all, he wanted us to recognise the shock, the surprise, the joy of the resurrection. And secondly, he wanted those present to get on with the day and its tasks, everything that life bid them to do, but to do that in joy and in faith. I want us to go back in our imagination, though, for a moment, to that time in between the last post and Ravalli, to that long moment of silence where we often find ourselves, where we ask the big and difficult questions. Questions like this. Is this really it? What comes next? Have I got enough tears to continue to cry? Do I have the strength and the perseverance to keep going? Somewhere in that uncomfortable silence in between the last post and Ravalli, somewhere in the waiting for God to descend among us and to wipe away every tear from our eyes, somewhere in the hoping that Jesus' words are trustworthy and true. Somewhere in the trusting that God is preparing for all his saints, past, present and future, a place in his house where there is no longer pain or suffering or death, but only life in all its fullness. Somewhere in the uncomfortable silence as we wait for God to swallow up death forever, even as death still abides among us. And that moment is where we wait, we hope and trust in our best days and in our worst, where we simply have to fight despair. That's the very moment when we often meet with God. The Gospel today encourages us to experience grief and sorrow, maybe even the impatience of having to wait in that time between the last post and Ravalli, longing to hear those notes of joy, of faith and hope. Those moments as we see our loved ones taken away from us, at least in a physical sense. But it also bids us 
to hold on to the assurance that we have as we wait in faith and hope for the signs of Ravali. Today's Gospel reading is incredible. Jesus' friend Lazarus has died. His sickness was not stronger than any medication they could have given him at the time. He was unwell and death wouldn't wait. Jesus had been sent for but didn't arrive. Lazarus died. And so as was the custom in hot countries like this, he was wrapped up and laid in the grave. Jesus loved Lazarus and he loved his family. He was deeply moved and troubled by the death of Lazarus. And in the shortest verse in the Bible, we learn that Jesus wept. Jesus is distraught. He's weeping. He's troubled. He's maybe even angry. He's certainly grief-stricken. And this is an incredible scene because it shows us the kind of God that we believe and trust in. Not just a God who is there with us in the difficult times, but also a God who has experienced them, a God who knows them for himself. The people who were gathered were mourning the death of Lazarus. And they'd seen something of the power of Jesus, his ability to perform considerable healing ministries, miracles. Mary, at the very least, believed that if Jesus had been there, Lazarus would have been made well. He would have been healed and spared death. Others, on the other hand, were more sceptical. They believed that Jesus perhaps was not all that he was made out to be. Perhaps he didn't have the power to make Lazarus well again. Perhaps Lazarus was just too ill for Jesus to do anything about it. Perhaps Jesus wasn't as all singing and all dancing as he made out. It seemed that he didn't even care because when he received news that Lazarus was unwell, he didn't rush back. In fact, he seemed to purposely delay. And certainly the image of Jesus that we get today is the image of someone who is vulnerable and shaken as he faces death, the death of his friend. Even though he does speak to Mary, Lazarus' sister, with absolute confidence. And yet the Gospel tells us that he's greatly troubled. There's a sense of loss here. But that loss doesn't prevent Jesus from trusting in God and acting for God. Mary and Martha, two of Jesus' closest allies, they obviously didn't believe that Jesus could do anything now that their brother was dead. His body had been laid in the grave and the process of decay had already begun. It seemed that they wanted nothing from Jesus except that he should be there with them that he should share their grief. And he does, he does grieve with them. But his grief isn't so strong that he loses touch with God. Moved and saddened as he is, Jesus steps towards Lazarus and he calls him back to life. Lazarus, come out. And of course, Lazarus responds. 
And it's hard, isn't it, not to envy this power that Jesus has over death, this ability to bring someone back to life. You may be grieving as you're listening to me speak, and you may be wondering, gee, I wish I had that power. But Jesus tells us that he does what he does, not because he's longing to see someone that he loved yet again. He tells us that he does this so that Mary and so that the crowd gathered with him would see the glory of God. In other words, Jesus calls Lazarus back to life, not because he can't be without him. He knew that he himself would soon face death and his human relationships would be transformed forever. Lazarus is brought back to life again to reveal the power of God. Mary and Martha believed that death was an ending. They believed that there was no longer any hope. But Jesus shows them that there is no end to the love of God, that love always wins. This is the glory of God. It's the very nature of God, that God is life. And nothing, absolutely nothing, not even the sting of death, can ever overwhelm the gift of life that comes from God himself. Jesus says to Martha, your brother will rise up. Martha, of course, replies, I know that he'll rise up in the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus assures her, you don't have to wait until the end. I am resurrection and life. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, they will live. And anyone who lives believing in me ultimately will not die at all. In other words, there is life beyond the grave. Jesus died and he rose again. Everyone who believes in Jesus will raise from the dead. And as a foretaste of this, Jesus raises Lazarus from the grave and brings him back to life. This is no doubt amazing. It's incredible, isn't it? But it's important to note that Lazarus would one day face his physical death yet again, just like you and me, just like all of us will. But the story of Lazarus is a story for you and me. It is a story for all of us. Jesus calls us to raise up and to become fully alive in the life that he offers us. To live life today with confidence and to face death with that same confidence too. Believing, trusting, knowing that it's been defeated. And in doing that, we experience hope in our own lives in the present. And we bring hope too to the lives of our family, our friends and our work colleagues as we live out our lives as a testimony to them. St Paul speaks of the resurrection power that's in all of us who believe, in you and in me. Paul writes this to the church in Rome. 
If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because the same spirit lives in you. The resurrection of Jesus is the basis for our future hope, your hope and my hope. Shortly before her death, a journalist asked Mother Teresa that great saint from Calcutta, are you afraid of dying? She said, how can I be? Dying? Dying is going home to God. I've never been afraid. On the contrary, I'm looking forward to it. The gospel reading today encourages you and me. It encourages us as believers to have a similar anticipation in our lives as we face life and death with such an incredible hope. The story inspires us in our waiting, in our hoping and our trusting, in that long silence in between the last post and a valley to keep believing, to keep trusting that the promises of God are true. And maybe, just maybe in heaven, the equivalent of Ravali goes a bit like this. Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. And as we gather Sunday after Sunday, we come to hear again that tune. That tune that encourages us to wake up and to join in with the joy of every angel and archangel and with all the company of heaven, past, present and future, including the saints that today we remember and grieve in our own lives as we celebrate that great song of hope and say together, Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Amen.
Let us come now before our Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we firstly come to thank you for the gift of eternal life and salvation through your Son, Jesus. We would ask for the inner strength and the ability to live a life worthy of that calling, that we might fulfil our role to live as, as salt and light in this darkening and unsavoury world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who have the responsibility to watch over us. For the bishops who are seeking your will, for a new bishop for our Diocese of Swansea and Brecon. Also, we pray for Adrian, our priest, and for all those who work alongside him in the local ministry. We ask that you grant them strength, guidance and wisdom as they seek to undertake their various roles within our parish. Help us to follow their good example, endeavouring always to support them and our fellow brethren in a spirit and bond of family and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray also for our Queen and her family, and for all those appointed to exercise authority under her. Please grant them wisdom and inner strength of character so that they can lead this nation honourably and with fairness to all. As the climate summit approaches, we pray for all in leadership around the world that will be attending, that they might find a measure of agreement and a spirit of cooperation in tackling the current climate situation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for peace among the nations, looking to you to strengthen the humble and yet to discipline the proud, the arrogant and the self-seeking. We particularly remember before you the nation of Afghanistan and the impact of the new Taliban rule on the people. May we continue to have freedom to undertake the proclamation of your gospel as you have commanded us, that we may make disciples of all nations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember before you those who gave their time tirelessly to help others and in all areas of our society. We pray for teachers, for food bank workers, those who support the homeless, poor and needy. Remember also all the medical staff in their exhaustion and their ongoing faithfulness to their calling to help others. Help us, Lord, also to take our stand to support the downtrodden and oppressed around us wherever we can so that we may personally fulfil the instructions as given so clearly in your word to render what assistance we can do. Finally, we remember before you all of the sick, the infirm, the lonely and those who grieve over the loss of loved ones. We pray for them, requesting that you be for them their healer, their comforter and their provider that they might know fully what it means to be living in the shadow of your wings 
and to have your everlasting arms supporting them in all aspects of their present need. May we faithfully hold for them the Christ light in this, their nighttime of need. So here is Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord, and through the blessing of your Holy Spirit, to you be all honour and glory for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us as we begin this new week together. Do remember that throughout the week, if there's absolutely anything we can do for you, any practical help or support that we can offer, then please do be in touch. We'd love to hear from you.
But now as we begin a new week, let me pray for God's blessing upon us. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Bendith diw holltheog, y tad yma bar y sbryd glan, a fôn eich plith, ac adrigo gyda chi'n wastad. Amen.